Well, I just have one question for you. Are you ready to win? Winning with Waterfall Racing Podcast is all about helping you achieve your goals through our community. We have an incredible community of top age groupers, of beginners, of the most incredible pros, and we all come together to support each other. And we want you to be a part of the journey with us. Um, I love also being able to connect with uh, a lot of the pros, um, you know, that, that are a part of, you know, Waterfall, um, as well as being able to uh, meet up at races and just being able to expand, um, you know, my network um, in the tri community and running community. We love hearing from our members. That was Emily Smith. As you know, triathlon is addicting. It's addicting because we become addicted to bettering ourselves, to growing ourselves, to seeing how far we can push the limits of our physical capabilities. And it starts with the mental mindset as well. The strength begins there. So come with us as we learn about health, as we learn about tips, as we learn about gear, as we learn about what our pros are up to. And as most importantly, we support each other through this journey. Welcome to the Waterfall Racing Podcast. So what's up, everybody? Is it too late to publish the 70.3 Worlds follow-up? Life has just gotten so crazy on top of the fact that I do have one more guest that I'm waiting on. um, But I think we're just going to do a completely separate episode for them. So I figured I needed to go ahead and get it out there. I am literally on my way, camper van style, to Clash uh, Atlanta and I'm doing my first mountain bike race uh, with two days of rain now leading up to it. It should be very interesting. My goal is going to be just to survive. So I literally just got a bike for my birthday last week and I've been giving myself about a week and a half crash course. Uh, went to the little mountain bike park, practiced a few little boulders, uh, did a a pretty steep downhill that was really scary in the beginning but figured it out and also I did one other little trick that I conquered I forget Um, but then just been riding just lots of single track learning to weave in and out of trees duck under trees and um, hopefully it's a I'm doing the three hours just three hours and it's how many laps you can complete Uh, The only thing that I'm a little nervous about is they say there's a bowl and I have no clue like really even how what that's going to be like. So that's the only thing I'm a little nervous about. So my strategy I think is going to be to kind of go slower on the first lap, see what it's like, and then hopefully go faster and, um, you know, hopefully not start getting lapped by the, the first group, which is like the elite so going to try to wedge myself in, in a good position there and have a lot of fun and um, come out in one piece. So that's where I'm headed. 
That's the background noise. This is life on the go. But uh, I wanted today, we're going to catch up with two of our waterfall athletes who competed at St. George Worlds. Just wanted to get their view on things. Also going to give you a little listen into our waterfall racing meetup, which was really fun. And um, just kind of, you know, wrap up the incredible weekend that it was having an all men's race, having an all women's race. Uh, It really was just, you know, it was everything. I love St. George. It's so fun. The vibe there is so awesome. And then I'll wrap it up with my race recap and uh, we'll, we'll call that an episode. Well, I am here at the 70.3 World Championship Waterfall Meetup. Super excited to have here. We have Jason George with us, who you've heard a lot from him. He's been awesome helping. And we have Andre and Rachel. And I wanted to catch Rachel right before race day. We've been talking about the course, really excited. Uh, And we saw her, you know, do well earlier this year, get on the podium. And that's what qualified her to be at this race. So, Rachel, just starting off, what are your feels going into this race? Oh man, um, a lot of feels, but mostly just grateful that I have the opportunity to do this because I mean, at the beginning of the year it was not something that I really had on my radar. It was kind of just a thought in the back of my head and to be able to come back that first race, like literally the, actually the first race back from surgeries in a 70.3 was the best race. And that's what got me here. And I feel like it's just good vibes for me to just come and experience this and just have that full circle kind of closure from surgery. (laughs) And you know, it's awesome because I think you're going to enjoy it with so much gratefulness. And that's what we see happen when you go through injury. You're like, I'm just excited to get out here and race. And uh, I mean, but it feeds a lot of your strengths. I mean, the swim is going to be a great swim. The bike course you're going to take you trained here, right? Tell us about you had a training camp earlier in the year. Yeah, so since the full was here earlier in the year, we, um, a bunch of our team had, you know, was racing the full. And so we decided to do our early year camp here. And so literally, I mean, every single ride was on the course, no matter where we went, beginning of the course, end of the course. So um, I know the bike course upside down, inside and out. And I think that gives me a little bit of um, just kind of confidence, like knowing what's coming and knowing that I've done it. And I had, you know, it was just a really strong camp for me. And I think that kind of, you know, those vibes from the camp really helped to to kind of feel that confidence on the course and something that you don't quite get all the time, you know, with a, with a world championship to be able to come here very easily, spend two weeks here. And, um, I was literally just starting, I think I did my first like somewhat long run at eight miles here, but so the run will be different, but I think it's just having that kind of, you know, I, it feels like almost like hometown because I spent so much time here. And that's, I think, you know, makes it a little bit more special than just a regular, you know, pop off the line, 70.3. Well, we're so excited to see you go on Friday. Um, We're just like, this is, we're having this coffee meetup on Wednesday. So we are literally almost into race week, into race day eve. Uh, It's going to be so fun. We're here at the farmstead and we are, um, we kind of tore it up here today. (laughs) We got all the goodies and, uh, and then I'll hear Jason George real quick. He's, he's at all these races, so we can't ignore him. Jason, are you excited about this? Absolutely, Joy. I mean, it's St. George is a magical place. Been here a couple of times before, so looking forward to going up Snow Canyon and uh, seeing what the body can do. I'm three weeks out of Kona, so you know, not sure, but I feel like the, the body's recovered well, and we're going to knock it out. 
And then Andre, you're just race support. That's a hard job, though. What are your plans to be the best Sherpa ever? That's the hardest job of the week, the weekend. <laughs> it's harder to, to be the race supporter than the, to race. Racing is fun. Uh, now, yeah, jokes apart, I'm just going to here to support the team, Waterfall. I have a coach, some coach at Atlas here as well. And, of course, Rachel. I think this is the first time I'm supporting one of her races. So uh, it's a big job. Can, I cannot mess it up. <laughs> and Rachel's like, it's about time. <laughs> All right, well, we'll catch up with you later. I am here with Connor, one of our waterfall racing team members, and he just had an epic day at the Ironman World Championship in St. George. Um, and in talking to him previously, this is only his, I believe, Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, this is your third 70.3? Yep. So I did uh, Coeur d'Alene in June and Boulder in August. So this is my third. Okay. So I, I'm assuming Coeur d'Alene the one that qualified you? Yep. Or Okay. Okay. How exciting. That's awesome. So let's just start, you know, what was race morning like for you? Um, you know, adjusting, obviously, I think the cold weather kind of caught all of us off guard. Uh, you know, we were kind of scrambling to figure out exactly, you know, how many layers, what we would need to stay warm, but not get too warm, figuring all that out. Yeah, let's just start with the swim and, and tell us how, how that went for you. Yeah, swim was was okay. I'm a uh, so I came to triathlon from road cycling, um, so I don't have any real swim background. So it's definitely my my weakest discipline. But that's um, something I'm just kind of accepted and I'm trying to get better at patiently. So swim was solid. We all lined up. Um, I was in the 25 29 age group. I turned 25 here in a couple of weeks actually. So I'm just entering this age group for the first year. I got plenty of time with these guys left. But um, we all lined up. We were we started around 9 a.m., which meant it was it got a little bit warmer at that point and the Utah sun was pretty strong. So it wasn't overly cold at that point and just stayed pretty warm um, for the hours leading up to the start. So we lined up, swim was solid. Um, I'm generally, you know, I'm not a great swimmer necessarily, but I think I'm pretty confident in my ability to sight. So was able to stay on um, the buoys pretty, pretty well. Um, for me, I had a, I did a 33 minute swim, which would put me, frankly, towards the bottom of my age group in the world champs, but for, by my standards was right on par with what I was targeting. I think um, Andre and I thought that if I could get a 33-minute swim, I'd be um, pretty overjoyed with that. So um, not too cold, um, got out of the water, um, ran up the rather steep chute out of, out of the water, um, which helped warm up and um, got to the bagging area. Um, there, I, my plan was, I saw, I, I come from, I was born and raised in Minnesota, for 20 years so i'm pretty used to the cold i have a, we suspect that i have a pretty minor form of renaud syndrome which is my fingers get exceedingly like white and pale in the cold so i made it a huge priority to um get gloves on for sure um i got to my plan was to put arm warmers on for the bike and um i unfortunately didn't realize that with my wet arms coming out of the water it was extremely difficult to pull those arm warmers on so i decided to feign the arm warmers at the end of the day, but the combination of the gloves in my hands, I put a, like essentially a neck gaiter on like a bandana type of thing to cover my neck. And I had one of those throwaway space blankets underneath my, my kit, um, on my chest. That was a tip from Andre and Rachel. Um, that kept me quite warm, actually very sufficiently on the bike. I, I would actually say that this, this ride was less cold than Coeur d'Alene where the air temp was a little warmer in Coeur d'Alene, but the water temp was like in the mid to high 50s. And so I remember shivering for the first 20 miles of that bike, but this one felt pretty good. 
Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and um, I, I kind of struggled, too, with the arm warmers. And the one thing I forgot, which I had in my bag, was the piece of space blanket. Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing I forgot to put on. And so I stayed cold for a little while until we got to the climbs. Um, but, yeah, so good good you got that. And that was probably more important, I think, than even the arm warmers. So um, I think you, you ended up okay with that. Yeah, like I said, bike, um, bike. I come from road cycling, so I would probably put the bike as in the past would definitely I'd consider my strongest. Um, and this was my first race out with a disc wheel, which was a pretty interesting experience. I got to get a feel for that. But um, the bike was okay. Um, I'd say that uh, I did notice pretty much off the bat a slight rubbing sound coming from my front disc brake, which meant I was probably losing a bit of power, a bit of speed. Um, but that's okay. It wasn't too significant. Um, I hit my, my, I generally, when I, when I bike in races, I, I try to not look at power. I find it psychs me out more than it helps. And okay. so I keep an eye on my heart rate. And in, in this case, I found that my sort of tempo feeling half iron heart rate was kind of in the one high one forties in, um, the lower elevation than Boulder where I live, okay. uh, where, whereas it'd be in the, in the low one fifties in Boulder probably. So kept it, kept it pretty much stuck there and, uh, had a great ride. I mean, uh, put up a. Um, pretty strong average normalized power at the end of the day. I think my IF was about 0.89, which is a little bit higher than most half Ironman folks go for, okay. um, but which was pretty strong. I'd say the definitely the toughest part was Snow Canyon. It's just a, it's one thing to climb um, something like that. I think it's about a thousand feet of elevation over a couple miles, but it's, um, it's a whole nother deal to race it. And I was definitely right up at threshold for most of that climb. Um, but descended back into St. George and didn't feel too taxed. So I'd say that was a success. Yeah. And Snow Canyon, it just, it, it kind of goes on a little bit longer than you think it should. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard, you know, like you to pace yourself because you think, okay, it's almost over, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I definitely made the mistake of not pre-riding the course. And oh not yeah. Knowing, because I, we got there on, um, I believe we got there on Thursday and the women's race was on Friday. So it was kind of tough to to get an, a sense of how long that canyon was, and so yeah. um, pacing yourself definitely became a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, but that descent afterwards is so fun into town. Yeah, um, and that made the uh, lugging up that disc wheel up Snow Canyon all the all the more worth it. Is usually, yeah, you breeze by people who are on uh, shallower wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then, uh, you know, you get to T two. How did that transition go for you? And then starting the run, how did you feel? Yeah, pretty. Uh, T2 transition was good. This was my first race running in the uh, Alpha Fly uh, 2.0s, which um, so they have a pretty strong. I don't know what the term is. The the uh, they're kind of hard to slip into. They're meant to be very glove like for marathon runners. Right. Um, so I saw a tip to cut the uh, about an inch off the inside edge of the the lip of the shoe, slip into them, and that um, worked really well. Actually, um, they never felt they never felt um, loose or anything, and got on the run. And, uh, you know, like I said, I came from road cycling, but I would say that um, definitely partly through Andre, as well as just consistency in the last year, I'd say probably my run has become my strongest um, discipline of the three. And I think that showed on race day, um, ran a, um, I actually ran, managed to run a half marathon PR um, on what is an extremely hilly course, uh, which is, which is pretty terrific. Um, did not expect that, especially after a pretty tough bike up Snow Canyon. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that. Um, you just have to stay within yourself. I remember thinking on the first lap, um, the run course was basically two, two, uh, ten, like 10 K or five mile hills or so. 
And I remember on the first lap, my, my calves were really feeling it on the, on the top of that first hill, but just kind of relaxed, um, let the legs open up on the way down. And then on the second loop um, was a lot more comfortable and finished strong. So I think I, I averaged about a 640, 645 pace for that run um, on the course, which was right, uh, right on target for me and um, definitely showed me that, yeah, the run is probably where I'm the strongest right now, which is. Yeah, yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. And yeah, I love two loop courses because then on the second loop, you know exactly how to strategize, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. because, yeah, when I came out <laughs> and I, I started, I was like, OK, is the whole course going to be uphill? Because, you know, no one could run the golf course to know previously to know what the golf course was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And so once we went up that big hill and got to the golf course, once I saw that it was going to be a lot, you know, it was a lot descending in the, the second half was a lot more gentle and, um, you know, a lot more fun. Um, yeah, that, they, they get you right off the back coming off on tire legs going just up for quite a while. So, yeah, that, that's a great pace that you held. And um, I'd say it's, it's, it's nice that you go up and you really, you know, running up hills is hard, but it really, what it really does well is it really makes sure you're using all of the, the big muscles, the big drivers when you run mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you go down and you get to open up your legs. And then yeah. so by the time you get to that second loop, basically all your running engine machinery is ready to go. And I definitely felt that effect. Yeah. Yeah. The second loop is fun. So fun. Well, that's so awesome. Well, congrats on such a big um, finish. Uh, and you know, did you get to hang around a, a day later or did you head right back or? Yeah, we headed back. Um, we wanted to make sure my, my family got back to work on Monday and yeah. I wanted to make sure I had some time to unpack everything on Sunday night. So we headed back pretty early, but, um, yeah. So is it, was this the last race of the year or do you have anything left? For the year? Um, I'm still in somewhat, some discussions about this regard. I've, um, my original plan was to do Ironman Arizona. Okay. Um, 20th, which would have been my first Ironman. Um, okay. Siding right now with with Andre, my coach. <clears throat> it's uh, logistically might be more challenging to, to get it done than than uh, actual like a fitness question mark. Okay. Thinking about delaying that first Ironman to an early season race in 2023. Okay. 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 All right. Well, keep us posted. And where can people find you on social media? I, th- I believe you're on Instagram, right? Yeah, I think I think my Instagram, I'm not terribly active on social media outside of Strava, Connor Quinn, um, Boulder. Um, there's a few of us, but I'm the Boulder one. And then on Instagram, I believe my tag is Connor Q14. So before we jump into our next race recap, just want to follow up on the finishes with Jason George and Rachel Olson. Rachel had a really strong race. It was so fun to see her do her thing. And then big congrats to Jason George, who finished third in his age group. He's obviously no stranger to the podium. And then our other waterfall racing pro, Danielle Lewis, unfortunately, she had a biking accident there in St. George prepping for the race injured her hip and uh, went on to start the race but I think midway through the bike she started having some bike issues her hip started acting up and unfortunately she was not able to finish the race but we know she will come back stronger as she always does so we look forward to seeing her finish the season strong well I have Kirsten Miller here uh we wanted to get a little bit feedback from her race in St. George She's one of our waterfall members, and I always love to get race recaps. And this was actually her second time, second go around there in St. George. So it'll be interesting to hear how the two races compared as well. 
So great to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Joy. I'm very excited to talk to everyone and and, um, talk to more about Waterfall. Sure. So let's start with uh, the cold weather kind of caught all of us off guard. So let's start with race morning. Um, What time was your swim start? Were you one of the earlier ones or later ones? I was in the middle. I'm in the 55 to 59 age group. So I started at 831, I think it was, or 830. Okay. So it was still quite chilly. And you, uh, did you take one of the early buses to get there as well? I followed the rules and I took, we were supposed to be on the bus at 530. So, and it, you know, it works very efficiently. They're very good about that. But yeah, so there was a lot of standing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to stay warm. Okay, so how did the starting with, you know, out of the three disciplines, you know, how do you feel about the swim in comparison to the others? Is it one of your stronger ones or? The swim is not my strong. It's my weakness. I've been doing triathlon since 2003. I had panic attacks in the beginning. And then last year, I had a bout of them and really worked through it for before 70.3 Worlds last year because it was not wetsuit legal and I love my wetsuit. And so... <laughs> I felt pretty calm going into this, but cold water can certainly bring on panic attacks and things like that. But the nice thing about this was the water felt warm compared to the air. So that was a nice treat. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. The swim is my weakest. So it's always like that apprehension. I always feel like, let me get through the swim and then I can have fun. (laughs) Exactly. It's surviving the swim, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, Okay, so how did the swim go for you? Well, it went overall pretty, pretty well. I... But you know how Ironman, like I did my first Ironman back in 2006. And so it was mass start. I was one of the last people to go in the water because I know I don't want people swimming over me. And then this one was different being a world championship where we start per, you know, per age group, but you line yourself up, you know, based on where you expect to be. So I'm in the back of my age group, but then I know the fast people from the next age group and maybe even the next age group are going to be coming upon me. So... So I was prepared for that. But for the first time ever, I actually got swam over and pushed under. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And that freaked me out. And I so I stopped. And usually women, we all say, I'm sorry to each other. You know, we're so nice to each other. Um, Not really much interaction. So then I just decided, you know, I'm just going to keep this calm. This is not where I make any any time goals. Right. So I just slowed down. And when I would see out of the, you know, as I'm side breathing, if I saw a different color swim cap coming, I would just kind of let them go past and just to make it. And it was calm for the rest of the swim. It was fine. Good, good. Cause, and nothing is as exciting as seeing the finish, right? With the swim. Right. <laughs> Except for on this day, because we knew we were coming out into really cold weather. Right? Yeah. So we had to be ready for that, but I'm always happy to get out of the water. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So coming out, um, what was your plan for staying warm on the bike? What all did you put on? So I decided to do... Um, a two-piece kit so that I could put a dry top on. Um, And I decided to stick with my same wet bra because that's so hard to get off. And so I I stayed with my shorts and my wet bra. And then I put on my kit, but I couldn't find my kit in the gear bag. So I put on my top, then I put on a vest, then I put on arm warmers. Then I put on dry compression calf sleeves, which I normally swim in, but I didn't want those wet. And then I put on actually gardening gloves. (laughs) Okay. Which I... They worked really well because there's rubber all around the, the tips of the fingers. So yeah. they actually stayed really warm. And I had a lot of grip to grab my nutrition and things. So that was probably one of the best things I did. Although I will say it took me 13 minutes in transition. That's a record. Because um, <laughs> it's hard to put on 
wet, you know, clothes when your body's wet and when you're cold, right? So no, absolutely. And you know, looking back, that's one of the things I'm like, you know what, I should I lost so much time in transition too. And I was like, I should have really been intentional and been like, you know, like had it planned out, I'm going to do this, 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 this. Like the order because, of it. Yeah. Yeah. I was fumbling around too, trying to get on, you know, like arm warmers over, over wet arms. And then I forgot them. One main thing, which was my piece of space blanket that I was going right. to put in my core. So yeah, I, looking back, I can kick myself because I did, I wasted a lot of time in transition. So and copy tried, on the bike. Oh, okay. go ahead. Oh, well, I tried the space blanket too, but I, I put on my clothes first and then I couldn't get it in there. So I just, didn't <laughs> so yeah, we oh, have no, to practice was, our space blankets. <laughs> yeah. It was a learning curve for everybody, but I think it, you know, it's one of those things you only learn as you go. And now if we ever have a cold race, I think we'll all be better prepared. Yeah. Uh, so getting on the bike, uh, how long did it take you to warm up? I swam in neoprene booties. So I think that helped, but my feet, I felt like they warmed up probably the snow Canyon climb. And that's really when I started to warm up period. I was, I was cold um, and I actually wanted to ascend versus descend because I knew that keeps me warmer, you know, which right. is not normally the case that we want. So, right. but, but yeah. Wow. So that, that was a long time to not warm up till Snow Canyon. You yes. were cold for quite a while. Goodness. I was. Goodness. Good. I know. And it's kind of like you're bracing for those descents because you knew you were going to like really get cold. It's, it's funny how that works. Yeah. So um, how did Snow Canyon and then the descent, when you got to T1, how were you feeling by then? How were your legs to start the run? My legs were pretty, they felt pretty good. And I was, I was prepared, you know, I know it's an uphill start from last year and just, and then I saw, you know, some teammates actually running um, when I was coming down. So I was like, okay, yeah, they're running uphill. I'm ready to run uphill. And so I felt that was pretty good. And my T2 was actually pretty fast, you know, relatively. Um, and so I was okay with that. And so I felt ready to go up the good hill. For, good for you. <laughs> now tell me about the course. Did you like how they had switched it from last year? Well, you know, I, I was excited about it to be less hilly than last year, but my time was actually a little bit slower um, last year I was more prepared. I did a lot of Xterra races last year. So I think I was more prepared for the Hills. Um, and then this year it was a little unknown, right. With the golf course. So I think I had it in my head. Oh, it's going to be so much easier. It's going to be so much flatter, which it really wasn't. I mean, it was, and we didn't have the steep parts, but so I think mentally it was a little harder than I expected this year. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I actually think maybe it was better for me with more Hills. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you. So uh, throughout the day, um, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, did you get to any point where, you know, you were like feeling like you were starting to bunk or just mentally got a little dark? How did you push through if you got there? How did the, you know, how did the race go, the, the run part? Yeah, the run is definitely, I, I've had some injuries and so I wasn't able to run for a few years. And so I'm coming back and my run used to be a, a pretty big strength and now it's, not really there. And so mentally it's hard for me. I do go into a dark place where I start to get upset about my paces and things like that. And I also think I was, I, I was a little bit under fueled because of shivering before the race start burning more right. calories that way. Yeah. So I, I grabbed, and I'm a little more sensitive to caffeine, so I don't do a ton of caffeine. I do some caffeine when I race, but those Morton um, gels have a hundred milligrams. Right. And so I grabbed one of those coming in when with that new little loop at the end of the end of the at the end of the lap. 
I was yeah. like, I need, I need a Morton with caffeine. And normally I will suck on it over a few miles because that's so much caffeine, but I, I got it in quickly and I could definitely feel the boost from that. So I needed that. Um, and that helped mentally, mentally and physically. Oh, good for you. So what was it like coming to that finish and seeing that, that finish line? Uh, what were your finish line feels? Oh, it was awesome. And I, I mean, I always love an Ironman branded finish, right? It's got the great red carpet. And I also knew this was my last race of the season. So I thought to myself, even, you know, even when I was in pain on the run, I'm like, okay, I'm going to enjoy these last few miles. And I'm definitely going to enjoy that finish line shoot because I won't have this for a while. And so I kind of took my time through it. I made sure sometimes I miss, I didn't have any, I didn't have my family there, but sometimes I miss them in the shoot because I'm so focused. And I'm like, I'm going to look at people. I'm going to high five and I'm going to have some fun. And that's what I did. And it was, it was awesome. I loved it. Oh, good for you. And yeah, the crowd support was amazing, especially there at the finish line. Off it was. Of course. It was great. I think what caught me off guard, um, I think just the amount, you know, having a, a, an entirely women's day. Mm-hmm. The amount of women that were out there. And not only that, but like, I, I don't know if like most of them just weren't there last year at the 70.3 Worlds, but like everybody was like booking it, it seemed like. Like, like yes. I mean, they were like really running good paces. And I don't remember that last year. I remember some people walking. I remember it kind of feeling, you know, a little bit step higher than a regular race, but. I just think the level, there was such a step up in the, the you know, the um, the level of the athletes at this year's race. I was mind blown. I mean, seeing I, yeah. the places. I would agree. And I mean, and my placement last year was higher. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I was kind of, yeah. So I, I agree. And I think it, I think it is, it is true that the, you know, that there was a higher caliber and I was also impressed. Like, and I, I don't know if it was last year because of the hills, more people were walking it and hiking those. I don't know. But yeah, I agree with you. People were cruising on the run. I was so impressed. Yeah, yeah. It was it was actually inspiring though too. I remember this older lady passed me and I was like, oh my goodness, she yeah. is like booking it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is my problem? She's gotta be like 20 years older than me. And she was like flying. And I was like, wow, you know, Joy, get it together. <laughs> yeah, there were fast runners. Yeah, yeah. Time. It was yeah. really impressive. Overall, I was really happy with the race. So I'm glad you had such a great experience. And just like you, I mean, I took it all in too, knowing it was going to be my last race of the season. And that kind of makes it a little extra special. Um, and you know, this is it for a while because, yep. you know, we, we all go into that. It's off season. Now what? <laughs> right. There's a little bit of, oh, it's off season. Yay. And then it's, oh, it's off season. I know. So do you have anything local or anything small planned? Or are you totally just taking off season with uh, fully embracing it? Well, I never really stop training, but I'm, I'm lifting more, um, Good. which is fun to have the time for that. And I think I'm going to do some more, uh, some more local running races. December, January, February, just to work on that run, which is yeah. Okay, so here is my race recap. Uh, it was such a fun, just fun couple of days. St. George is just so beautiful. Uh, our new favorite place to stay, we stay in this place called The Ledges, which is after you exit Snow Canyon, it would be off of the, that really fun descent um, off to the left. So it's, it's just beautiful. The, the way the condo is set up when you wake up in the morning, they had the second story like um, patio porch and I could sit by the fire and watch the sunrise over the mountains. It's just breathtaking. 
And, um, you know, the thing that caught us all off guard, though, was this cold front that came through. So I remember the morning, uh, the next morning after we, we got there, I was going to go do the practice swim. And I'm sitting by the fire sipping coffee thinking, oh, my goodness, I've got to go do a practice swim. It's so cold. And, um, you know, drove to Sand Hollow. The, the water was actually, you know, really warm still. The water wasn't the issue. I think we just all knew that getting out of the water was going to be something we were going to have to figure out. So, um, yeah, I got to the, the good thing is my age group, we were the last to go. So I hopped on one of the, the latest buses possible, got out there, didn't have too, too much time to stand around. Um, by the time I went, the sun was rising, it was starting to warm up. Uh, I was able to, you know, to get in line for the swim and, you know, I'm not the fastest swimmer, but I still try to go towards the front because I don't know. I just have this PTSD of being like the literally the last person and being the last age group who wants to be like the last person of the entire day. Right. So I always go more towards the front, especially the way they've been putting my wave last. But what happened was there was, uh, you know, like they were all sectioned off. And then I was kind of towards the middle. And then last minute, he opened this other section. And I found myself like, literally at the, like, the very first person to start um, with the very first, I think it was like four people across. And I was like, uh, no, I don't want to go first first. So I, I kind of went back in line and was like, excuse me, can, do you want to go? Do you want to go? Do you want to go? That way I was kind of back towards the middle. Uh, but that was funny. I found myself there about to start like the very, very first. And I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that. So uh, got the swim. Um, I think I sided pretty well. It was, you know, the swim is my swim. It needs a lot of work. Uh, but all in all, I just, I always just try to take in the fact that it's just so amazing that we get the opportunity to swim in so many incredibly beautiful places um, and kind of watching the sunrise. It's just, it's beautiful. So I, I really just try to make it a positive experience um, and enjoy the beauty and the day and, and the water actually felt incredible. I mean, it was just perfect in the wetsuit. So exiting the swim. I get out and even though if you look on the tracker, I am like way, 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 way at the bottom. I think we all kind of exited at the same time because when I got out, I mean, it was still like tons and tons of women uh, exiting, tons of women in transition. So I was like, good, you know, like I'm, I'm still kind of in the mix here and, uh, you know, go to to the um, transition and where I could kick myself is I really should have been intentional about thinking exactly in what order was I going to do every little thing because it was new right we were adding layers we were I was putting on arm warmers I was going to add a space blanket I was actually uh, I had my sleeveless kit and I was going to just put my cycling kit on top uh, that way I had a dry top. And so I had all these things that I was going to go through that I didn't usually do. And so I found myself just fumbling through it all, struggling. And end of the day, I forgot my space blanket anyway, right? So like I did grab my gloves, but I forgot my space blanket. So get on the bike, exit the bike. And because I was still in the mix of so many people, 
there was like a bottleneck you know you exit sand hollow to the left and then you go on this long little stretch and then you do a u-turn and in that whole section it was so bottlenecked I was like flipping out because I was like oh my goodness I am so congested here I'm losing so much time on just a straightaway where I could you know obviously be going a lot faster and looking back I should have been more aggressive I should have just been like yelling on your left and like forcing myself around people because the time I lost there was just something I could never make up I mean it just I felt like it took forever and when I went back and looked at my time yeah it took forever to get out of there and on top of that you're moving so slow you're shivering you're shaking um my feet and you know hands were numb and I was like I just want to get to a climb uh, and that's something that everybody was mentioning. For once, we just wanted to start ascending because we knew the minute we started working, we were going to warm up. And so finally got out of there. Uh, the rest of the bike, I actually felt really good. I mean, I took the time to take in the beauty, to take in the experience. Um, I felt strong on the climbs. I felt great going up Snow Canyon. Um, you know, it was just, it was an I mean, I felt like it was an incredible day. Love the descent. So fun. By then we had warmed up, so they felt great. And, you know, I found myself just like racing into town, racing into T2 and thinking I had, and once again, it starts to get bottlenecked. And I was like, I've already lost so much time in bottlenecks. I was a little bit more aggressive at the end. and was like, you know, trying to weave in and out of people, even though we were getting closer to T2. So got into T2. Uh, you know, looked at my time. It was like, oh, that bike, I was, you know, kind of disappointed in how long it took. But, you know, oh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too bad. And uh, went to start the run. Once again, kind of fumbled with the run stuff because I was taking stuff off. I was, I put on my running shoes and then remembered, oh, no, I had these like cycling socks on and in my alpha flies, I have to wear this certain kind of sock. If not, like I get a blister like right away. I had thin socks on because I start to feel like the carbon plate so then I took my shoes back off and put on my running socks so just fumbled and once again uh, had a bad transition you know a lot longer than it needed to be but then starting the run uh, energy wise everything felt good it's just starting that run that uphill it's just like okay how you know how long is this going to be and then not being able to run on the golf course previously I just kept thinking like Hanu, like is the golf course going to be like Hanu? What's the golf course going to be like? And so right when you take, there was like one, probably the steepest hill was right before you got to the golf course. So right when you get up on there, when you could see the golf course and started running it and saw, wow, this is just like little gentle rolling. It's actually kind of downhill and the rest of the course really was downhill and I was super excited because I was like okay now I have a total strategy for the second loop you know conserve a little bit on the way up and then let's you know try to push on the way down and it was such a fun run I felt so much stronger than I ever have uh, racing at St. George and you know it kind of made me feel better afterwards when I reflected I was like you know my bike split kind of disappointed that it was so slow but then I also reflected on the fact that I've never been able to show up to the run and you know kind of still feel pretty strong on the run after that kind of bike so it did reflect that I you know I did have gains this year in my bike legs 
And, you know, although my run wasn't, you know, I still want more, still working towards a lot more out of my run. I was pretty proud that it was a a pretty good run and I was strong and I felt pretty good. And I was able to kind of keep my form intact. Uh, That's something I've been working on too. When I see some, like I said before in a previous episode, when I see videos sometimes of me, especially out of full Ironman, I'm just like, oh my goodness, don't ever let, and don't ever let me run like that in public again because my form just falls apart. So I was able to, you know, pretty much keep my good run form, stay strong. Uh, Our oldest son and my husband were on segways all over the course. So that was super fun when they would pop out of nowhere and, you know, kind of just encourage me. And then uh, right before the end, right after you go through the park, uh, I did start to, my run started to fall apart just a little bit. And out of nowhere, I hear my coach yelling, this is what we train for. And of course you get that feeling, oh shoot, my coach is there. This is not the place to fall apart if my coach is standing right there. So it kind of was a good kick in the butt and I got it back together and was able to finish strong. So what an incredible day. So, so fun. And I will say, like I mentioned, you know, um, earlier, I was so impressed having a full woman day full of just watching all these women. I do not remember it being like that last year. I mean, the level of athletes that were there this year was so different, so much higher. I mean, I remember last year seeing people walk. Um, Everybody was like running and like, like really, really running. It was so inspiring. And I just felt, wow, what a privilege to have the opportunity to compete amongst, you know, the women of this level. And, you know, the time showed it. They were all really, really strong. And, um, you know, overall, it was just such, such a great day and a great way to wrap up the season. And uh, my heart goes out to the two athletes that were hit. I think that was a big reminder that, you know, no matter how our performance goes in a race, we should never take for granted uh, finishing and finishing safely because uh, those types of things should never happen. But unfortunately, they still do. And so at the end of the day, left really grateful just for a safe race and for the opportunity to show up healthy and be able to perform because that's something that we should never take for granted. Well, before we let you go, I'm going to close out with our mindset minute. And for a lot of us, we're going into the off season. And initially, it seems so exciting. We're ready to rest and relax. But then it hits us maybe like only a week later, and we're antsy and ready to get back at it. But I really encourage a lot of you, if you you are done for the season, to just really use this time to to do all of the things that kind of get put on the back burner during race season when you're training so much. Spend that extra time with family, spend that extra time maybe even on, you know, different types of fitness. Uh, For me, I'm super excited to be picking up mountain biking, going to do some more strength training, going to focus a little bit more on work and getting prepped for the new year. Uh, Just so many other things that we can catch up on. Uh, So try to get over that initial shock of not having a race necessarily on the calendar. And of course, you can always do tons of local little, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks, whatever is in your community. They always have like Thanksgiving runs and Christmas runs and stuff like that. So don't let it get you down. Don't let it get you discouraged. And if you aren't done for the season yet, 
Well, good for you. Go finish the season strong, but make sure you do take some time to rest and recover. Well, thanks for joining us today on our Waterfall Racing Podcast. Hopefully there were some good takeaways for you. And hopefully it gave you a little bit more insight into who we are. If you would like to find out more or join our community, go to waterfallracing.com. You can find us on Instagram as well. If you have a mailbag question that you would like us to answer, send me a DM at jmcadams5 on Instagram. We'll be answering some of those questions in future episodes. And remember, when it comes to training, Sometimes it's just about showing up. I love the mantra, anything's better than nothing. Not every session is going to go perfect, but show up. Consistency is always king. Happy training.